Welcome to the Success in South Carolina podcast, where we will be hearing the untold stories of success from people in our community. These successful neighbors of ours will share their real-life philosophies and solutions for success to inspire us, educate us, and help us find peace, joy, and love, along with a purpose, a mission, and a vision for our lives. And I'm your host, Jonathan Peoples. Today's episode will be a bit different. Since we are at the end of 2022 and coming upon the new year, we will be doing a deep dive into New Year's resolutions. Make sure to stick around until the end where I will give a list of the six best pieces of advice I learned about making and keeping New Year's resolutions while speaking to some of the most successful people I know. But let's start by hearing from experts in the area of goal setting so that you can make 2023 your best year yet. Our first to share is former guest from episode number four, David Pence. One of the things I do love about New Year's resolutions, you can make a resolution anytime you want, but you know, there is some interesting thoughts on a year has ended and a new year is beginning. And so I think a lot of people make New Year's resolution because the old year has just passed away. I wouldn't even worry about it if you're not going to write it down. If you're not going to write it down, you know, that's not a good thing. So fail to plan then plan to fail, right? Mm. Uh, so people who go, well, I, I think I'll just, I'll say this to myself three times before, you know, before New Year's Eve. Okay, well, the chance that that gets done is zero, right? So I think it's really smart to sit down, write it down. I'm a big believer in the three different kinds of learning styles of adult uh, education. And I have been taught by adult PhDs that we have three major learning styles and it's visual learners, there's audible learners, there's kinesthetic learners. And mm-hmm. so if you don't, you can go get tested and figure out who you are. That's sort of a good point, by the way, that would help you in life tremendously if you knew what kind of learner you were. But a quick way to just cover all bases, if you're an adult, is just to use all three methods. And so mm-hmm. if you sit down, if you get out a piece of paper, if you get out a pencil or a pen, and you write down on a notepad, what you want to have accomplished in in the following year, I would suggest doing it. And I would suggest you think about it and you write it down. Well, when you write it down, you're reading what you wrote down. So once you've written it down, maybe write down five or 10 bullets. When you write it, that's kinesthetic learning right there, right? You're writing, you're scribbling with a pencil or something. When you read what you wrote, say you wrote 10 bullets down or five bullets down, when you reread it, That's what visual learners do to remember stuff, right? So the kinesthetic learner remembers stuff by moving and moving their fingers. The reader, the visual reads and learns. And then, so guess what? To cover the third basis and then say it out loud. And if you like those five or 10 bullet points, if you're like, number one, do this. If you actually say it, you have now covered the three learning styles of all adults. And so at least you gave yourself a shot. Because if you're a heavy audible learner and you never say anything out loud, your likelihood of getting it done is lower. And guess what? I am a heavy audible learner. I did get tested and audible is my strength. Everybody learns in all three styles, but they generally have a dominant style. And I learned that I was an audible learner. When I learned that, I downloaded tools like audible.com and started listening to books at two and a half times the speed normal. And there's a lot of visual learners that 
look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. I just, I just know how to do it. The same way that my wife flips pages and I look at her like she's not crazy, but like she's a genius, right? Because I'm like, how do you flip the pages so fast? Well, she's a visual learner. She just, mm. it's natural for her to flip a page a minute. It takes me like two and a half minutes to flip a page. Great. So everybody's got their their strengths. And I would say use all three you know, learning styles. Uh, another thing I would say with your New Year's resolutions or your annual goals is to put them in view somewhere. Like I used to put them on the bathroom mirror and tape it to the bathroom mirror. And I'm going in there every day. I'm taking a shower, getting ready for the next day. And you can't help but stare at it sometimes. And it gets to be like a little piece of wallpaper that you ignore. But maybe even on the 10th day, you just happen to look at it. And go, I'm going to read this again. And, you know, guess what? If you read that thing 10 or 15 times, you're going to do it. One of my favorite persons that I look up to is Thomas Edison. And what did Thomas Edison do? He would write down his ideas and his notes. And then what would he do? He would flip back through it and look at it again. So a lot of us write down and we never look at it again. And so I would say, if you're going to make goals, put it into place on your mirror, put it in a steno pad or something and make yourself look at it again. If you'll look at that thing five to 10 times, you'll probably get it done. If you write it down once and, you know, put it in a, in a drawer, well, good luck. But I honestly think that if you haven't really practiced this a lot, I would probably say, why don't you start out with one to three goals for the following year and, and track it and see if you actually do it. Right. Because if you come up with, you know, every bucket from health to finance to personal relationships and you put one or two in there and then you don't do any of them, you're just wasting a lot of time. So I would say go do one to three goals. You just do one to three goals and put them on our board somewhere and read it over and over and try to knock it out. If they're little tiny goals, then you can have a bunch of them. If they're big goals, then you might want to just have a few of them, in my opinion because they're hard to accomplish. These big ones are, might take all year, might take five or 10 years of your life to get that one goal out of the way. That's another thing too. If you just have one and the one goal is to whatever climb Mount Everest, well, maybe you're going to have some smaller medium term goals and short term goals al alongside climbing Mount Everest because it may take you your whole life to get to the point to be able to do that. If that is your goal, great. So maybe you have big goals, medium goals and small goals. But I don't know that I would have one. Say, well, I need one for health. Do you need one for health? You know, do you need one for social? Maybe you don't need one. You know, they say goals are like problem solving, right? And so in a way, it's like trying to solve a very hard problem. So climbing Mount Kilimanjaro is a bit of a problem if you've never climbed anything before. At least I would think so. So one of the greatest things in the whole world is that all problems can be solved by breaking down a very hard problem into a lot of smaller little problems and solving them first, right? So I absolutely agree with you that you should, people should work to take huge goals and break them into little pieces. So if you're going to run a marathon and you're going to run, you know, 26 kilometers, I think it is, then, you know, 26.2 kilometers or 26.2 miles. If you're going to run 26.2 miles, then, you know, can you run one mile? Right. And if you can't even run one mile, can you walk one mile? Could you walk 26 miles eventually? And then could you run one of the 26 and walk 25? And then you take big goals and you break it down into little components. I think people that accomplish a lot of big goals 
they don't even think about being able to maybe like you know, walk 26 miles. That's a piece of cake for the people who've, who've done it. And then they, then they're, they're running five, you know, walking five, running five, walking five. And eventually they run all 26 and it's done. But I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't think there's many people at the gate that just run 26 miles. Uh, and I think people that say, I'm going to run 26 miles and they start trying it right away. Uh, I think they figure out that that's pretty tough to overcome. So, yeah, I think, I think if it's a huge goal, you know, become financially independent, right? Well, I know that uh, I used to think about that a lot and that's one of my goals. And, you know, I realized that, well, how do you do it? Well, in my case, to become financially independent, I said, okay, well, if I'm going to be financially independent, that means I've got to have streams of income coming in from a source or multiple sources or whatever. And it's really hard to get $20,000 a month coming in or $50,000 a month coming in when you're sleeping, right? That's what most people want. Everybody wants that. So I remember when I was a lot younger, 20, 30 years ago, I'd say, well, could I have $100 a month coming in where I'm, I'm not doing it? It's just doing it itself. And if that's the case, what is it? Is it, is it, do I have money in the bank and I'm getting interest on that money and that money provides me $100 a month with interest? Okay, cool. Is there a way that I can go get a rental house and that rental house clears $100 a month of profit every month? So now I have maybe a certificate of deposit that's $100 a month and then I have a home, a rental home that's $100 a month, you know, and I'm 27 years old as an example. And then fast forward 25 years later and you have a ton of rental houses and a ton of CDs or whatever it is. And all of a sudden that 100, 100, 100 turns into 1,000, 1,000, 1,000. And that's how you can achieve that kind of stuff too, is, is you have to start somewhere small and just build it up into pieces. So I love the idea of take a big problem or a big goal and break it into tiny little pieces. Wow. The journey versus the destination, right? You see it all over the news, the world. People say it's, it's all about the journey. And I think when I was younger, I didn't understand that as much because I just wanted the end result for goals. But loving the journey is, is a big deal. Uh, I do think accomplishing in that, I, I know back to talking about multiple streams of income, you know, it, it just really made me smile when I used to own this website that's no longer around called theupstate.com. And we were getting clicks through this upstate.com, theupstate.com, and clicks and clicks and clicks. And we had big businesses even coming to us and saying, hey, can we be listed on your website? And this was a long time ago when the internet was a lot younger. And uh, I remember we built it up to get like $100 a month of revenue from Google ads or whatever it was out of it. And I was just floored that I could literally go to sleep and get up the next day and there'd be a hundred dollars, you know, or not the next day, the next, at the end of the month, there'd be a hundred dollars sitting in my account from click throughs that I didn't do that other people were doing while I'm sleeping. And I, that just got me going to think, well, how can I get another hundred dollars a month? You know, real estate or, or something else. What can I do to get another hundred, another hundred, another hundred, another hundred. And it was so cool to the point that it became more of an avalanche after a while, right? So it's neat to figure it out. But I, I, I forgot that I would love to be financially independent and have ten or $20,000 a month coming in while I'm sleeping. I just got so thrilled with the little $100 here, $100 there. So I did truly fall in love with the journey to get to the goal such that I even didn't even remember what the goal was. The goal was moving. It changed you know, inflation mm-hmm. and you know, something you thought was financial independence 30 years ago is maybe not financial independence today. So the goal, the big goal posts are moving, 
but learning how to do it was the best thing in the whole world. I, I think the journey is so important because once you teach somebody how to learn to run a marathon, learn how to make money instead of just, you know, whatever, learn how to do whatever, learn how to be an artist. You can't take those things away from people, right? Once they learn how to be a professional artist, they're just fantastic at it. Once they learn how to make their own living, it's a wonderful skill. Once they learn how to run a marathon or, or exercise correctly, you know, make their arms uh, help their legs. You know, there's a lot of runners who their arms are not helping their legs and it takes a lot more energy. And there's other people that glide, they just glide in the air. It's amazing to watch them run. And they've just learned to be so efficient with the with the body and the calories and the strokes of running. It's just amazing to see uh, experts in their fields. So I love that stuff. But they obviously do too, right? Because they've tuned every little move, every little finger, every little arm movement. It's at the right angle. It's stopping at the right time. It's re recoiling at the right time to make sure those legs are getting maximum glide, right? And uses so little energy. See those guys that can do like a four and a half minute mile or a four minute mile, and they can do them over and over and over again. You're like, how's how's it possible? Well, they've obviously loved the journey, and when they get to the end, they're tired, right? But they, but you know, hey, they liked the journey too. So I agree with that very much. The journey is where it's at, and learn to love the journey. I'll, I'll tell you two things that have been said to me about the way I do stuff, and I, it was neat because. I didn't reflect on this. I didn't think of this necessarily. Business peer groups would say, you know, you think like this, you do this. And by the way, it's not necessarily good what they're getting ready, what I'm getting ready to tell you. In other words, they didn't necessarily say, and it's so good. They just said, wow, you're like this. But I reflect on it. So here's two things. One of them is, is that in a, in a business professional positive way, people have said, you know, you're really bipolar when you think about business plans or a business idea and you know we're all dedicated to going down this road let's say it's something crazy that i've never done but just as an example we're going to put a man on the moon and we're going to launch the the space the spaceship this way in this orbit and david we've spent a thousand hours in calculations to be able to launch on this date in the summer solstice or whatever and it's going to launch and it's going to be this thing and we've got all these calculations that we've tested and tested and tested and then you're like what if we don't launch in the summer solstice? What if we launch in the winter solstice? And nobody's made a single calculation. And so we're all focused on the summer solstice launch. And then you go off bipolar on us and go, what if we did the winter? And a lot of people don't like that because their cheese has been moved, especially the guys doing all the calculations, right? They're just like, are you kidding me? But many times... It's really smart just to have this double check to say, well, what if we just looked at it a completely different way and we launched on a different year at a different time? And sometimes people are like, oh, my gosh, that's going to take, you know, a tenth of the fuel and cost a tenth as much. We didn't think of it that way. And who would think of it? Just crazy people that are bipolar would think of this. Right. Right. I'm so glad I can get off of this one railroad track and jump onto this other track going in the other direction mentally and just do a little double check. And it's just mental. I can easily jump back onto the original railroad track mm -hmm. mentally and keep going hundred miles an hour with all my other buddies that are stayed on that track and don't want to diverge from the track. So I do think that I would almost say uh, if you're not bipolar, if you're not, if you don't have a bipolar mindset for your goals, 
maybe you should develop one. Maybe you should allow yourself to get off of that track a little bit and just go check it out a little bit. You know, stop back and smell the roses and go, Hey, is it still worth it for me to be going on this track? I've been going down this track to run a marathon for five years now, whatever. And it hasn't happened. Okay. Well, should you be in a surfboard competition? Maybe running a marathon is not, you know, maybe there's a reason it's taking you five years to get to this point. Maybe you don't care, you know, maybe being a surfboard uh, finalist is more important to you now, five years later, as your maturity is different, your lifestyle is different, things change, right? So when people quit a goal, I don't know when they should, but I think developing mindset, as people have told me, uh, is actually probably a really positive thing. Because I know if you do this, and it's going to cost a billion dollars and take 10 years to get a man on the moon, let's say, by using this particular set of calculations and launching on this date, but if you launched on this other date, it was going to take 90% less money and time. People would abandon that original goal immediately. Right. And it's only because of the, of the bipolar view, the people that are willing to say, let's just throw all our work away. Let's pretend like we're going to throw all of our work away and just look at it from another direction. Another one that people say all the time is when the masses are looking right, a few people look left. So I love the idea that Everybody's looking right. Just look left. Just look. You don't have to run to the left, but at least take a look, you know? And I think if more people would take that look, uh, it'd be very, very good for their goal setting. So in the particular year of 2023, I think some of the goals should be to maybe try to have multiple streams of income, maybe try to have, you know, six months salary saved up for rougher times. We've had 15 years of fantastic uh, economy, except for COVID. And the stock market's been almost a 45 degree angle. Uh, I think that is the anomaly in the world. If you go back and look at the stock market from the 1800s to late 1800s to now, going up 15 years in a row is not normal. So I think most people listening to this podcast that are my age or younger go, it always goes up. Well, I, I actually remember in the 80s, in the 1980s and the early 90s, it also all went, always went up for a while. And I think that's sort of the anomaly, you know. So I would just try to try to believe that the world is not like the last 15 years, that the world doesn't work like that. The world is more normalized. And so you're not going to get a 15% return by you know, picking a stock with a dartboard, right? So uh, be prepared that you got to go earn your own money and you know, have revenue streams that are giving you money regardless if there's a crash or not, right? Spend less than you earn, you know, get that down. So I'm just saying that for us going in, I think it's very timely that it's the end of 2022 right now and that I think 23 and 24 are going to be a challenge for a lot of the world. So I think we should just, you know, I just say that because I feel heartfelt for everybody. Anybody who is not paying attention to the global marketplace needs to really maybe go go pay some attention and just try to be a little conservative maybe maybe skip that additional jet ski purchase or that atv purchase or that brand new car purchase maybe get the used car you know maybe get the payment that's safer you know get the safer payments maybe pay off some payments that's what i would say as far as financial goals are concerned for everybody listening here is have some money in the bank have some money outside of the bank you know don't just trust the bank you know just be smart and and try to be try to be wise try to be wise i think for regular goal setting i guess my advice would be just the same thing what are you trying to accomplish 
you know, who do you want to be? Uh, do you want to travel? You know, one of our goals with my wife and I was, we said, we're going to go to two new places a year, no matter what. And we had to break that during COVID because we literally could not go anywhere. But other than COVID, we've been married for almost 26 years and we dated for three years and we've been to two new places except for COVID every year. And that might mean we're going to go to the next town 30, 30 miles from here and, and stay a night there. As an example, that counts. If that's the financial situation I was in at sometimes it would count because it's someplace new. But uh, if I hadn't been there before, it's someplace new. Uh, and then other times we'd fly around the world or fly around the country and that's always been cool to have that goal. So we've had travel goals. We've had personal goals, you know, um, I don't know. I, I think, I think writing those things down and looking at them every day, I've had weight loss goals. I put into a spreadsheet, you know, how many, how many pounds am I going to lose based on what date it is? Then track it, track it, track it, track it. The more you track it, the more you reread your goal, whether it's financial or weight or health or travel or whatever it is, you just have to relook at the goals. If you're not going to write them down, then you're toast. And if you're not going to re-review them, unless you're somebody special with some sort of awesome memory, you're probably not going to accomplish them. So I think you have to write them down. I think you have to look at them. And I really think that if you're whatever type of learner you are, it might be helpful to state the goals out loud you know, say them out loud, even if you're just discussing it with somebody else, like your significant other, you might not have to just like say them every day. But if you talk about them with each other, I think there's a lot higher probability of getting those goals accomplished. Those are some great nuggets from David Pence. Next, let's listen as Lindsay McMillian Steeman from episode 18 shares her take on New Year's resolutions. But yeah. um, to me right now, goals goals are not meant to be made in isolation. Uh, goals are meant to be written, and then goals are meant to be shared. And uh, when you put the writing, the physical writing of those goals on paper, combined with the verbalizing the goals out of your own mouth, somebody once said it's not real until it comes out of your own mouth. I think there's truth to that. And when you're telling them to somebody else or a group of people, let's say in your peer group or study group, the likelihood of you not just hitting those goals, but far exceeding them is so much greater. I I, I heard once that you're almost 50% more likely to, to hit your goal if you, if you write it down and you're almost 70% more likely to hit it if you tell it to somebody else. And so to me, it's, it's just that layer of accountability from writing it to saying it and having people check in with you and, and, you know, maybe help keep you on track, right. When you might go off track, um, but also remind you, oh my gosh, you crushed that goal. Or, Hey, remember you set that goal and how did it go? And you say, oh, I actually, I crushed it. Right. Or, oh, you know, something changed and it, it evolved into a new goal and here's what it is. We think of the end of the year and the new year as uh, from a timeliness standpoint, I I'm okay. I'm not a, I'm not a, I have several friends who are just anti new year's resolutions and my goals are happening throughout the whole year. For me personally, 
I like using the end of the year as a chance to reflect on what's happened, what worked well, what didn't work well, what did we hit or exceed, what did we miss, why did we miss it, did it just turn into something else, is it not important anymore? And so having that reflection first will allow us to, and allows me personally to uh, forecast and project what what could be in in that coming year. I think the other thing I've learned, I, I was just talking about this with my team this morning, is for me, goal setting, especially the ones that I'm going to take seriously, take time. So I used to think, oh, if I just carve out a half day, I'm going to come up up with 12 months of the upcoming year's goals. And I don't know about you, Jonathan, but that is not even close to the right amount of time. Goal setting does not happen to me in one sitting. It's definitely a progression and, and takes several iterations or rounds or revisions, if you will. So to me, life blends to uh, and is too integrated for me to think of them as separate. Or as, when I'm in goal setting mode, it's for both personal and professional uh, goals. So, so the first place I started uh, several weeks ago was actually thinking about how my time was spent this year, and one of the things that I was reflective on was, oh my gosh, this was the year I took the most amount of time off. And this was actually by numbers standards, the best year we've had in the business. I want to do that again next year. So I looked back at the calendar and how was my time spent? How much time was taken off? What did I do with that time? Um, and so now, you know, I'm a big believer if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And also, you know, um, instead of recreating the wheel, which ironically, Jonathan, that's what I accidentally started to do. I started to look ahead at 2023 and blocking off days. And I was like, well, wait a second, I'm getting totally lost. I don't even know what direction I'm going. So I paused and I thought, wait, this year was the best year ever. Why don't I just look back at 2022? What did I do this year that worked really well? Um, what didn't work about this year? And then apply those learnings to the upcoming year. I, I think that changing the word goals to objectives and I, again, personally, I'm a big, I love goal setting. I love having a target to shoot for. There's nothing greater when you exceed that target before. Now, this is the ironic thing. When you set goals and you undershoot your goals, right? You're like, oh my gosh. And I think this is where Emmanuel's going with this podcast I'm listening to with uh, Adam Grant, which is like, you're actually limiting yourself um, with your potential, you know? And, and I think there's just some tension around goal setting, Jonathan, in that in by setting a goal, you might be limiting your potential, but by not setting a goal, you might not have a target to shoot for to exceed. So I fall into the latter camp of if I don't have a direction, that's just how I'm wired. My husband is wired totally differently. I think that's why he's the one who sent me the podcast <laughs> that might be turning my idea of goal setting upside down because he's not a goal setter and yet he's wildly successful and, and, you know, he is highly motivated and, and charged up. But having these objectives, like to me, building a plan. If you don't know where you're going, how do you build the plan? Mm. Right? So if you start with the end in mind, which again, 
this podcast totally flips on its head, but just from my personal experience, um, I like to begin with the end of mine and then from there back into a, a plan. Strategic Coach, again, I mentioned that earlier, has provided me as an entrepreneur so many tools to help me think about my thinking. So one of the tools they use, um, and it might be accessible online for free, is called the Impact Filter. And it allows you to take a goal or a project or an idea and back into your success criteria. What does it look like? What's the worst case scenario if this doesn't happen? What's the best case scenario if this happens? What is the impact this will make? So I think you can't really get to that point unless you have an idea of what you're shooting for. So I start big and then go small from there. And my husband's actually taught me a lot. And, you know, we've had tension, some tension in our relationship because I want to sit down and I want to goal set together and plan our bigger vision. And for he and I, for he and I, as we've, you know, been married over 10 years and uh, together over 16 years, it's learning that the way we execute and the way we shoot for those those bigger vision ideas looks different. And so we're, we're growing and learning in that journey together. I definitely share them with my team and my husband. I, I share them with the people I spend the most time with. And of course, my my peer group, right? Who's also doing their own version of goal setting as well. So yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes in the right context, I share them with the, you know, our audience and greater public. If, if I'm learning, I, I think for me, that's, I'm okay to not hit a goal or to fail or to learn from, from something that I didn't think was going to turn out the way I thought it was. I think when there's a story to tell that's worth sharing that could help somebody else, I'm absolutely open to it. And sometimes it does relate to goals I've set that. Uh, I haven't hit or that have turned out different than I expected. What great insights from Lindsay. Thanks so much for sharing. Now, let's listen to the average dude, Daniel Allison, who joined us in episode number three of Success in South Carolina, as he shares the average dude's take on New Year's resolutions. Yeah, so New Year's resolutions, that's it. Start now is my, 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 my thing is if you have a new year's resolution, the diet starts tomorrow. I don't believe in that. If you're supposed to do it, if it's the right thing to do, it should start now. That's one of the things for me, right? I mean, and so, so I don't wait until January 1st. We're coming up on January 1st, but uh, my, in my experience, when I start whatever it is that I think I should be doing January 1st, I should start it right away. If it's the right thing to do, do it right now. Another very powerful thing that I have done, and I've done it for next year, is to write a contract to myself. So I, Jeremy Daniel Allison, on this date, so I just wrote one, 12, whatever it was, you know, 2021, do hereby commit, just use all of the legality type language, right? Make it for real. And, and write it all out, put the signature line at the bottom. The, the more professional that looks, the more thought that goes into it, sign it, file it, and live up to it, you know? I do that pretty regular, but I always try to do it towards the end of the year for sure. And, and like I say, when I sign it, it's time, to, it's time to put that into action right away, right? Just to commit and using that language like commit and, and the reason why, you know, put the why in there. I commit to this. Why am I committing to this? Because of this, this, and this. Why is that important? Ba, 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 ba. So <laughs> that document is kind of evolves 
But then, then you, then you say, okay, I want to sign. There's something about putting, writing all that out and then signing your name to it. It's, it's a very powerful thing. And, uh, you, you, you want to make it to where if you go against it, nobody's perfect, right? But if you go against what you've written there, you want to have some discomfort. You want to have some dissonance. You it, it want it to be uncomfortable. It's funny. Once you do it, if it's, if it's the right thing and you sign it, you know. So what I have on mine, I, there's no ambiguity. There's no, did I sign that? Or, you know, I know. And, and a few things that I would also mention, some things that I want to talk about going into next year. This is very important for me. There's a big difference between that, that last 20%, right? That last committing, let's just say whatever it is that you want to start or stop and you're 80% committed. That next 20% is everything, right? Mm. It, it's, it's everything. And, and so everything's exponential after that first 80%. So you're like, man, I did pretty good last year. Well, that next 20% is going to be the real game changer, right? And that's the toughest part because then you're all in. You're fully committed to whatever that is that you should or should not do. And depending on what that thing is, I think we can start kind of chopping that up and really look at it. And if it's too easy to sign, then it's probably not the right thing, right? It's got to be something that really, that really is, it challenges us. But, but I've been looking at that. Uh, and then some, some other things, you know, looking back at last year, kind of like a, a football coach would do at halftime or after the game, what worked, what didn't, what games did we win? How can we win those games? You know, really, really this past year, we can learn so much. And, and what I'm doing is looking at last year. What is it that I, that I want to keep doing? What is it that I want to change? What worked, what didn't work? those types of things, celebrate those wins again, you know, reflect on the people I met, met, met you, met a lot of great people, had my first event, communication boot camp event, got the Jenny Winnie and the average dude rolling, had my first keynote last year. So, so there's a lot of things that, that happened. And, and so it's, it's kind of that next evolution. Where does, where do those things go? And those are kind of all, all things that I want to evolve. It helps me to, to plan what worked, what didn't, what, where do I want to go? Because I'm just not someone that I started on this personal growth journey. And anytime I start, I've got to keep growing, right? I mean, I know everybody says that, but psychologically, for my own personal psychology, I have to look at where am I going next and keep constantly keep that in front of me and in other words, I don't want a year that was just last year. 2022 was a great year, but I don't want another 2022. You know, I've got to, I've got to take it to that next place. And so looking at where I was at the beginning of 2022, where I went, what worked, what didn't, those sorts of things helped me paint that picture for 2023. Breaking it down per, per day. So my goal, my goals are daily goals. So it's something that I implemented back in 11, 11, 14. So I looked way back and I said, what was working? What's something that I haven't been doing that I really missed? 10,000 steps per day. So I got my Fitbit on. I've got two watches on and I don't care if anybody makes fun of me because I want my 10,000 steps, right? And 10,000 steps, it's doable. It keeps me moving throughout the day. It keeps my energy up. 
and and just that constant moving. So it's not about one exercise like in the, in the morning. That feels great. Get the blood pumping, yada, yada, yada. But if I do 10,000 steps, I don't get it all at once. It just allows me to stay active throughout the day. It's not something that I knock out in one, one deal. I usually get like 1,000 to 1,200. I'll go downtown, just do a lap around the block, come back in, make a phone call. Make a phone call while I'm, I'm walking, you know? Yeah. But, but 10,000 steps, it's doable. It's just challenging enough. And so the goal would be every day, 365 days next year, I want to get 10,000 steps each day. So I, I break it down by the day. I look at my water intake per day, right? Sleep, exercise, and and it's like, okay, so every day, so I'm checking off that same list of maybe five things each day. And, and so that's how, that's, I know that if I do those types of daily habits, that the other things are just going to be uh, kind of a byproduct of those actions. What, what I have found, if I, if I look at my five, there's just a few, a few things that if I make sure that I am focused on, everything else will take care of itself. So getting the 10,000 steps, it keeps my energy up. If I have extra energy, then I'm going to do, I've got to, I've got to put that energy somewhere, right? Yeah. So all of the other things come as, again, as a byproduct. And I, I, I do want to, like you say, I, I do want to think about relationships. I do want to think about finances. And so there may be some things in there, but then, okay, what is it that really moves the needle for me on those? Okay, it's these five daily habits. These are the things that I need to do every day. And I love checking things off, you know? Yeah. I'm getting ready to check off my 10,000 steps here. I've got 500 more. So see, when I, when I check that last one off, it's just, there's just momentum with that. I would focus on water intake, sleep, and I know these are all health related, but, but you know, I want to get X number of, you know, ounces of water. I want to get X number of hours of sleep. I want to get some type of exercise each day. I want to reach out to one person that makes me uncomfortable to call or have a conversation with a new person. So just, I think that the most growth really comes from, connecting with new new people and so if you're not in sales you have to be a little bit more i think conscious about reaching out to people but i think growing your network having conversations with new people people you don't know because there's a certain excitement there's a certain energy in that mm-hmm. and so all of those things are about you know finding that energy creating that energy transmuting that energy but that's what works for me you know i mean right. that's Breaking, breaking it down on a daily basis and, and giving myself these little tasks, daily tasks that, that are going to put me towards the direction of, of better, bigger and better things, right? For me, it is, you know, I think for some people having that specific goal, I, I will say I do have some specific goals. There are some things, some numbers floating out there, but, yeah. but I think all too often you can get caught up in the numbers. If I if every day next year I get ten thousand steps, I'm gonna have a great year. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's yeah. not that big of a deal. But if I can do that, everything else will take care of itself. Because in order to get the ten thousand steps, well, I'm gonna have to feel like getting. You know, I'm gonna have to you know push through it. I'm gonna have to take care of myself in certain ways. I'm gonna have all those other things. So I I would find that one thing that yeah. 
I'm not going to feel like getting 10,000 steps if I don't do this or if I don't do that. Well, then that's a good one to have because it's, it requires you to be on your game on some of these other areas. The best thing you can do if you get off track is get back on. That's it. I mean, we, we try to resolve it in our mind and we say, what's the big deal? I don't know why that was important to begin with. I don't need it. And we kind of reconcile this cognitive dissonance in our mind and make it okay for us to break this contract. No, it was a contract. Okay, I, I messed up. I screwed up. Well, part of that contract is when I screw up, I don't continue. That's the problem. It's, it's you got to quit quitting, right? Mm. Staying quit, quitting on your goals and staying there and, and reconciling it in the easier path. That's where we all go wrong, right? So I know what I need to do. This is what I commit to. If I get off track, it doesn't mean it's all over. It means I must get back on track. And we really, what we can measure ourselves on, how fast we get back on track. For me, that's that's a big deal. And like you say, this is a personal thing. I'm talking about it. I'm not saying that this is what works for me, right? Sure. I mean, this this is my what works for me and 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 what I'm excited about this year because I can tell you, I made this contract not too long ago. I knew that there were some changes that I need to make for sure. And I committed, and as soon as I committed, as soon as I I didn't want to sign that contract. It's just there's sacrifice involved in it, mm-hmm. you see. But when I signed it, I immediately felt relief because that last twenty percent, I knew that that's that's the thing. And, and here's another question that we, I, for me, I have to ask myself: If I'm gonna get out here and I'm gonna have to talk about personal growth and this sort of thing, and I have to be living it, I have, I can't, you know, self-actualization, being our best self. If we know what it takes to be our best self, we kind of have a responsibility to make that change, right? I mean, as tough as it is, whatever that is, if we say, you know what, I would be better, let's just say if I didn't drink any alcohol next year, I would be a better, I would be more on my game. Well, then, oh, but I like, I love, man, there's nothing like having a, a cold beer on a Saturday afternoon with my friends, but you would be better if you didn't. Well, guess what? I'm I'm just saying that's just as an example, but there's things that we don't want to give up. But in my experience, those things that we don't want to give up, when we really look at it, if we say, if we did, we're going to move closer to being that best self that we always say, I want to be the best I can be. Well, then it's going to take some sacrifice. I think that it's going to be a, a perpetual letting go, right? Because we let go of the past of of things that we've done in the past, things that we're ashamed of, what whatever the case might be. This guilt, shame, regret, all of those things are heavy and do us no good in moving forward. And what happens is the mind wants to introduce those things, but like you say, perpetually letting them go, it's not going to help us. We're not helping ourselves. We're not helping those that we love, you know? We were talking about my kids earlier, Right. We went up to Chimmy Rock yesterday, and and one of the things in my mind is like, man, I, I, I wish I had that time back when the kids, I should have done more with them when they're younger. I wish I could hold Aiden and Annabelle when they were babies and all of that. I miss that so much. I see, I see people hold babies, and it makes me sad, but I've got to let go of it, man. All I can do is today, and so yesterday, that was me saying, you know what? We're going on a hike. Get you, get up. Dad's coming to get you. We're going. We're going to Timmy Rock. We had a great time. 
But I think that is the type of thing that I'm talking about. And, and for me, when you say letting go, it's that, oh, man, I, I wish I would have done this in the past. Hey, we got today. That's all we got. Right. We can do it all. So we, we let go and then take action. I tell you another thing, when you're, when you're looking back and you say, I like going in the opposite direction, right? If, if there's like, if there's something that we should or shouldn't do, and whatever the case might be, and you're like, maybe you're tempted to do or do something that you said you wouldn't do, go in the opposite direction. What would be the exact opposite of this thing, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like sitting on the couch and eating potato chips. I know I shouldn't do it, but dang, damn it, I feel like doing it. Go to the gym, you know, because that polarity, you you will gain instant momentum when you're going against yourself because the mind's like, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. And so it, it all comes down to self-discipline. And so for me, I, I was a person, you know, <laughs> I was the person that ate both marshmallows and, 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 it, and didn't care, you know, the, the little marshmallow test. But I know that for me, being disciplined, that's a, it's a huge deal. And uh, so the, the more, the more disciplined I become, the, the better I feel psychologically and the better results that I have. So as hard as it may be to let go of things or to make these commitments, I, I can even speak for myself just again here in the last week, committing to those things. It's going to make a huge difference in 2023. So, so when our cup is overflowing, that overflow is meant for other people. It's, we can only put so much into our cup. And, and I'll, I'll even say, you know, you've sent me a couple of messages. And it's amazing when your messages have come to me, they've come to me at just the right time that I needed to hear them, those encouraging messages. And, and so I think that to, to, your, to your question, when, when we are doing the things that we know, when we're taking care of ourselves, we've got more to give. And that's where the really the fulfillment comes from. Yet yesterday I had that extra energy. I didn't, I didn't use it to go do something for Daniel. I used it to do something for the kids. It felt fantastic. And I need to double down. I need to do more of it. The, the more unselfish we are, my parents, I can look to them as examples of this, most unselfish people I know, and also the happiest. So, so probably I can learn some things from the people that set specific targets because if I'm a little more intentional about the specific targets, and then those folks maybe possibly for me, to your point, the journey. Every day, my goal is to be as fulfilled, as satisfied, as giving, as loving, as all of these great qualities, these, these ideal day. Create the ideal day, you know, and, and, and try to live that day the best that you can. And, and let go of all those things, This you know, and we talk about it often, but really, those numbers were probably compared to what, right? It's like, oh, I want to hit that. Why do you want to hit that? Well, compared to that, it's that. You know, I, I don't, I try not to fall too much into that. E- even with my exercise, I used to, you know, keep how far I was running, how fast I ran. And I stopped, I stopped enjoying running. I was killing myself. I'd look at my watch and I'd be like, oh man, I'm, I'm not, I'm not making progress. No, you're out there running. Your heart's beating, you know? You you can move. There 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 will come a time when we won't be able to do it. So it's enjoying life and not making it about this. It it turns too much into this. Look what I did. When it's too much set on the target. Look how much money I made. Look how many followers I had. Look how much this and that. And and it loses its joy. 
And so I know in a very simple way, you know, man, it, it, and, and you say just focus on 10,000 steps. Oh, man, that's your goal. Seriously. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you may get that in people, but it's again, it, it's everyday focus. So that's Monday through Monday, 24, 7, 365. I want a great day every day. Those were some great insights from Daniel Allison, the average dude. Now, let's hear from Gary Gaffney, John Maxwell Certified Leadership Coach and guest star in episode one and two of Success in South Carolina. I don't know what any percentages are, but my guess would be probably somewhere between three to 5% of all New Year's resolutions are actually taken throughout the year. Well, I think the, the biggest reason they're not real successful is they're not really a commitment. They're a thought. And really what a resolution is, is doing, right? If you're not doing, if it's not taking action, then in, in reality, it's just a thought, you know. Um, the other thing is, too, is there, uh, most of the time people don't make them specific. I'm going to lose weight this year, right? Well, that's not very specific. I'm right. going to go to the gym. I'm going, you know, I've got a gym membership. I'm going to start going to the gym more. What does that mean? Right. Right. I mean, what is more? You know, you went five times last year, you go six. Did you accomplish your goal? You know, so that's the key. It, it may be starting with that generality and then drilling down on it till you get to that point where you just said, because then you've taken a look at your calendar and you say, okay, Based on all the meetings and my work and the kids and all that, these are the days I realistically know that I could that I could do this. You know, it's once you get to clear action. So instead of New Year's resolutions, it would be better to have New Year's goals. Right. What are some goals for 2023? One of the things we teach is something called act, learn and adjust. Okay, you start doing those steps that you are to run a marathon and you notice that you know, initially, I think I can run a little bit further than the, what this plan called for, or my knee is a little bit tricky. So I need to take one extra day off in between or whatever, whatever that is, you learn from it and you make adjustments, but you kill, still keep working towards that goal. One of the questions that we ask is, does this matter enough to organize my work or life around it and give it my best shot, knowing that there is no guarantee? Another way to put it is, is, is this something I can dedicate an hour a day to? You and I both love Jim Rohn, and he always says, it's not what you get when you get to whatever that goal is, it's who you become in the process. Mm. But we take a look at here, and then where the action or where the energy comes from is then when, then when we create the path. The path is where we come up with some ways maybe three to five things we're going to do to get to there from mm. here. Okay. Just like you, you, you decided you wanted to run a marathon. So mm -hmm. you went and you found a plan. I bet you could have found 10 different plans on how to right. run a marathon. Yeah. Start from scratch. Mm -hmm. You know, you took a look at where you were here, maybe your weight, your fitness levels, those kinds of things. And then you found a path that you believe in and that created energy for you to go and, and do that. So in saying that the key is you say, the second question. So the first question again was, does it matter enough to organize my work or life around it and give it my best shot, knowing that there is no guarantee? That's number one. The second one is this. Do I want there the end result more than I want the things to stay the same? Anything good, you know, is, is uphill. It takes effort. It takes effort. Yeah, it takes effort, you know. 
So I think, and I think that going back to why resolutions fail is that there are whimsical thoughts. So there's the there is not a strong, strong enough pull. So they just stay here. I mean, I've done that. I've, there's some there's I've set that I, or, you know, ideas or that I've started that I, I guess I, it wasn't strong enough for me to, to go through the process of getting there. I'm sure you, yeah, yeah. things like that in your own life. It's not that hard to just say, just think there, here, path, there, mm. here, path. These are four powerful questions to get you to going towards those resolutions or those goals. We come up with a goal and then I would ask you, can you do it? Right. So mm. let's just go to your marathon. John's decided to run a marathon. I say, all right, John, can you do it? All right. Yeah. Will you do it? Will you do it? All right. When will you start? Because see, yeah, I'm going to do it. Okay. Well, when will you start? And yeah. they've got to give you an answer, right? Because, well, I don't know, probably starting after the new year. And, and you know, so, and then lastly, who who's going to hold you accountable, right? Mm. You're probably doing a good job of holding yourself accountable. But if you tell somebody and don't tell your spouse, because that's always, that can always create a problem. But <laughs> Well, it could be several people. You could tell a coach that you're working with. And then that coach is going to hold you accountable. You could tell a friend. Well, that's where you would sit. You know, I think that's the key is like when I work with my my clients, I ask them, how, do, how would you like me to hold you accountable? Like, do you want me to be a, a terrible taskmaster, which I can be? But I'm not going to typically just have no accountability because I, I don't like to keep working with somebody that's just you work with, you know, people that have complained about something, complained about it and never done anything about it. Sure. They just like to complain. But you could tell your friend, this is, hey, listen, this is a goal I've got of mine. If you And this is for serious, you know, as Jim Rohn says, this is for serious students. I mean, if you if you really want to do this, if there is more important than here, then tell somebody and tell them how you want to be held accountable. Make a bet on it if you want to. But maybe it's somebody you eat lunch with every two weeks. That's the person you want to hold hold you accountable. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's your boss. Hey, I would really like to grow in this company and, and that you talk to them. That, what are some steps I can take to get here? And that person gives you steps. You say, okay, I'm going to do that. Now you're, now you've, you've made a commitment to that person. And so mentally, mentally, you are going to start following through. So if, if there's always another person that you feel like you're going to let down, if you don't do it, that's the best person to hold you accountable. You know, we have that sometimes this pie in the sky idea, but you might as well expect that something's going to happen, right? Life is going to happen. Something's going to happen. But you just got to go back to that commitment and to that accountability partner. Let's say you were starting January 1st. By August 15th, I'm going to be able to run a marathon. And like you were smart, you ain't even even chose the marathon you were, you were going to run, right? right. So mm -hmm. you got August 15th, I'm running the Columbia, South Carolina Marathon, which they would never host one in August because everybody would die from heat exhaustion. But you, you got that goal. All right. Well, in February 15th, you sprained your ankle and you were down for three weeks. Right. Mm. And then when you started back, you know, like it hurt a little bit and whatever, but you still have plenty of time to get to that goal. Sure. You may have to check. You may have to adjust a little bit. Maybe I got to push myself a little bit harder or whatever. But you still shoot for that August 15th and you've got an accountability partner. 
it could be you pick somebody that's already running. Somebody that's a mm-hmm. runner and you'll say, hey, I'd really like to learn to run. Would you go with me a few, few times to kind of get me acclimated? But you got to keep asking that question. Do I want there, the end result, more than I want things to stay the same? What are some of the best challenges that you would throw out for people, maybe challenges for the new year, some things that they can do to make their lives better. You know, Jim Rohn always says to have a great library. That'd be the biggest challenge I would put for anybody. I mean, that's been the biggest, biggest impact in my life. And then the second one is maybe look at who you're surrounding yourself with. If you, if you're surrounded by people who are negative, if you're surrounded by people who aren't accomplishing much, who aren't going to try to become better in 2023, if they all talk about the past and all talk about how bad things are or whatever, you know, evaluate who you're with and then maybe find some ways to get around some other people. Somebody told me recently, like what they they're trying to do is they were reviewing their kind of circle of influence and they started identifying and say, you know, this person's pretty good, but I, here's a potential person I could plug into that spot. Somebody I could learn a little bit more from somebody that's been there and done that and, and, and been able to almost create a bit of a mentorship scenario. So don't, Mm -hmm. don't make this a flimsy. If you want to really set a goal, go out and do it, set a clear there and just say, is there more important than being staying here? And honestly, it's it's probably best if you're if it's something you're going to really take action on. It needs to be something you start January first. So that first, if it's a work week, that first week, I'm gonna, I'm putting this into place. I'm I'm right. you know, and here's the time I'm going to do it. You know, and here's who I'm going to tell about it, and right. all of that. All right, South Carolina, this is the moment you've been waiting for. If you truly want to make 2023 your greatest year yet, then here is the recipe you're looking for. I love learning and I also love lists. So here are the top six tips I picked up from my conversations with wildly successful people concerning New Year's resolutions. I've tried to put them into a logical order for you. I highly recommend you break out a pen and a pad to take some notes. I recommend you review these notes. I recommend you listen to this podcast a couple times to get everything you possibly can from this. Ready? Here it is. Number one, start with why. If you do not have a strong why, if you do not have a strong desire, you will quit at the first bump in the road. But if your desire is strong enough, then there is no mountain that can come between you and your accomplishment. Some personalities just want to jump right in, but I would challenge you to take a moment, slow down, understand why you are making this resolution. Understand that this resolution is a commitment. It is a promise to yourself. If you don't see it as that, then don't start one to begin with. Because the more promises and commitments you break to yourself, the less you believe in yourself that you can keep any promise or commitment to you. You want to get in shape? Why? You want to increase your financial status? Why? Do you want to have better relationships? Why? Dig deeper to understand what is motivating you to make these resolutions or set these goals. Otherwise, 
your goals don't have strong roots. And plants without deep and strong roots will wither when the heat of the summer comes to those plants. Number two, reflect before setting resolutions. And this will help you discover your why. Look back on the past, take something from it so you can invest it in your future. Before you jump into next year, take time to reflect on the past year, count your blessings. Maybe you got laid off. Maybe you've piled up some debt. Maybe you're on the verge of foreclosure. But do you have your health? Do you have friends? Do you have family? Have you been loved? Have you learned anything new from the hard times? Sure, you might be able to see where you've missed the mark this past year and learn from that to adjust for next year. But if you only focus on the negatives from your past, that's like trying to drive your car while only looking in the rearview mirror. Number three, let go. Speaking of the past, take time to let go of the failures and the victories from the past so you can move on. What do you need to let go of? Have you done some wrong that you keep punishing yourself for? Has somebody else wronged you and you keep thinking about them and harm they did to you? Do you have relationships you need to be let go of or others where you need to let go of the harm and forgive the offender so you can move on? In the Bible, it talks about a sacrifice. If you're willing, if you're about to make this sacrifice or a gift and you're about to lay it on the altar for sowing and reaping, you know, the law of attraction, uh, giving as a seed for future blessings. But if you have something you're holding against somebody, then you should leave that gift go immediately to make things right before you give it. Is there a bad habit you need to let go of? Is there something you need to get out of your life that's holding you back and weighing you down? Is there something in your life, whether good or bad, that is a distraction from your progress? Is this something keeping you from becoming the best version of yourself? Uh, for example, I've got two dogs. One of them is a, a miniature pincher named Ellie. And if we have food down for her, she eats it immediately. We put food down for my other dog, and my other dog just eats it when she wants to. Now, if we're going to bed at night or we're going to move out of the room or whatever, Ellie is bound to that bowl. She wants that other bowl of food. She can't move on. She can't let go. She can't do anything until we pick that bowl up, put it on the counter, and take it out of her life. And it releases the bonds. It releases the chains from her so she can move on. Uh, and that's how a lot of us are in life. A lot of us go through life collecting burdens, collecting offenses, collecting harms, bearing those on our shoulders. And then we are just too weighted down to take any steps to move forward. I beg of you, do not fall into this trap. You're too smart to be a collector of anything that weighs you down. Doing this, letting go, is very like unsubscribing from a ton of mailing lists that fill up your inbox. Now you don't have all these things that just pull your attention. Number four, get focused. Now that you've reflected on your blessings with gratitude from the past year, let go of anything that's weighing you down or holding you back then you have the right mindset to set your sights on the future. And here's what I recommend. 
Let's look at what is the one thing you can accomplish this year that would make the greatest difference. Imagine if you could pick the biggest challenge, the biggest opportunity that would make the greatest impact in your life this year, and then let's form a habit around it so that you never have to think about it again. Now, imagine you did that three years straight or 10 years in a row. Don't take so much on all at once that you set yourself up for failure. Everybody who makes 10 or 20 or 30 different New Year's resolutions will quit those resolutions. I recommend, like David Pence said, choose one or two or three if this is your first time. If you're not great at goal setting, let's get those one or two or three knocked out. And then when you have those compounded on each other for for two years, three years, four years, five years, ten years, then it'll make a huge difference in your life. Number five, plan ahead if possible. I know we are here in the last week between Christmas and New Year's, but don't wait until January 1st if you can to make your resolutions and decide to institute them that same day. You want to make a plan for those resolutions. That plan shouldn't be generic. Make that plan specific. You want to learn another language? How much you want to study each day? You want to lose weight? How much? And by when? Do you want a better marriage? Then what specific things are you going to do to make that happen? Write these goals down. Talk about them to your trusted friends and mentors that you know will encourage you and keep you accountable. The military strategist Helmuth von Moltke, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, uh, he is very famous for quoting, no battle plan survives contact with the enemy. So when your plan meets the real world, the real world wins. So then here's what I say. Plan for challenges or issues. If you say you're going to walk every day, but then it rains for a solid week, you should already have a place you can walk inside so that won't mess you up. Remember also that you're human. You may fall. You may miss a day. You may forget. You may fall back into bad habits. Make allowances for failing. And don't try to double up when you fail. But just get back on track. If you're going to walk for 30 minutes but you missed a day, don't try to do an hour the next day. Just get back on track. Do 30 minutes. The worst thing you can do when you fall is beat yourself up. Instead, stand back up, dust yourself off, give yourself grace. Even Mike Tyson said that everybody's got a good plan until they get punched in the mouth. Now, giving yourself grace will help you with this final point. Number six, fall in love with the process. Fall in love with the journey, not the destination. Don't set resolutions around results and results alone but around actions and habits don't just say I'm going to lose 20 pounds instead say I want to lose 20 pounds but I'm going to drink one gallon of water every day walk for 30 minutes every day start with the goals then create a plan of daily or weekly activity that will help you accomplish those goals then forget about the goals altogether and fall in love with that activity don't marry the goal marry the activity or the habit. Studies have shown that if you reward yourself for reaching goals, then you will feel like a failure 
all the way up until you reach those goals. And even if you do reach those goals, the joy is empty and short-lived because now you need to set a new goal to accomplish. If instead you learn to fall in love with that journey, then the goals will come. You'll reach them. You'll pass them. You will become a better person in the process and you will win every single day, not just at the end of the journey. So those are my six steps for having a great New Year's resolution, for setting yourself up for success. And here's just some final thoughts and general guides for success in 2023. Uh, We already said write your resolutions down. If they aren't written, it doesn't exist. You are the hero of your story. This story you're writing. You get to write how the story goes. Let's make it a good one. No matter how you define success, remember this. Success always happens outside of your comfort zone. So become intentional about stretching outside of that comfort zone. And, uh, you know, if you want to listen to me, I've got some tips on things you may want to uh, have as your resolutions for this year or just general success principles you may want to subscribe to for this coming year. Number one, I'd invest in yourself. What does that look like? Read a book. Listen to a podcast. Turn off social media every now and then. Get outside. Do some walking. Invest in you, however that may be. The second thing, I'd invest in other people. There's a lot of investments you can make with money. You can invest that in other people. There's a lot of investments you can make in time. Investments in other people are always the best investments to make. If you know of somebody who's struggling, if you know of somebody who could use an extra hundred bucks, just give them a hundred bucks. Throw it in an envelope. Throw it in their mailbox. You will feel better for it. You will get so much back because of that. Do it anonymously. Do it however you want to. Shoot them a cash app. Shoot them a, a Venmo. But if that person, if you're making an investment in other people, I guarantee you, not only do you get the joy and happiness, which is the internal that we're going to talk about in a sec, but you're going to get some real, legit returns from that investment. Another tip, take ownership. Stop blaming other people. Stop playing the victim. Everybody has challenges. I get it. Yours are big to you because they're yours. But the challenges of life are not meant to hold you back. They're meant to make you great. If you take ownership and learn how to conquer them. So, the bigger your challenges are, the bigger your victory will be. Don't look at your challenges and blame God, but instead thank God for giving you the strength and the help to become the person who can knock down that mountain and use the rocks to build the tallest castle in the world. Next thing, take action. Stop waiting for the right time. The right time is now. The best time to take action is today because it is the only day you have control of. You can't change yesterday. You can't change tomorrow, but you sure as heck can change today. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Enjoy the journey. Challenges come, obstacles come, the storm and the wind comes. Learn to embrace the challenges. Don't wish it was easier. Embrace the challenge and make yourself better. Learn from the valleys, but don't live there. Learn from the mountaintops, but remember that the next mountaintop will require going through another valley to develop the character and strength that it takes to reach that higher mountain. The only people who don't go through peaks and valleys are the people who have decided to live on the plateau of an average life. Don't accept an average life. Don't quit in the valley. 
Don't judge other people who might be going through their valley while you're on top of your mountain. You'll pass them on the way down into your next valley and you'll want to have their grace and encouragement. Chase the internal, not the external. Our main goal in life should be to gain more peace, joy, and love. External things are temporary, but the peace, joy, and love we gain and we will give will live long after our mortal bodies have become dust. And finally, I want to let you know if no one else has ever told you, you are worth it. You are valuable. You can make a difference. You can make an impact. Your success is infinitely more important than you can even imagine. And this success is not just about you. I guarantee you other people need you to succeed. I need you to succeed. South Carolina needs you to succeed. America needs you to succeed. This world needs you to succeed. When you make your world a better place, you make the whole world a better place. All right, listeners, let's get out there and make our world, our country, and our community a better place. When you succeed, we all succeed. And as always, this is a friendly reminder that the left lane is for passing. So speed up or move over.